So welcome back to Suicide Strike episode numero dos. Uh, this episode is going to go all about uh, the What Helps Us campaign. We're going to introduce it. We're also going to introduce one of the big three emotions today. Um, I'm your host, Mr. Vina, and today I got with me Edison Hicks. Hello, it is Edison <laughs> Hicks. It's nice to be here. Um, Edison Hicks, yeah, all the way from Central High School. Yes. <laughs> uh, Edison, what year are you, bud? You're a junior now, right? Yes, I am a junior. Yeah, very exciting times. You know, you're passing all your tests, your SATs, getting ready to go to colleges, starting to look at that process. Must be a super fun time for you. That's the hope, certainly. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Edison, today, let's just talk about today. Uh, what section of the wheel do you feel strongest in right now as we kind of sit here at 1040 in the morning on a beautiful Friday in February as the snow is getting melted down by the temperatures. So where are you at on the wheel? Um, probably healthy activities. That's usually where I am, mainly because I just, like, I wake up, I listen to music, I go to school, I listen to music walking in the hallways. It's just a lot of music, and that's one of the things that really, like, grounds me and helps me. So probably healthy activities. No, yeah, that's awesome. I feel like music, especially with everybody, like no matter what the vibe is, you just throw some music on and everything will be better. Will be better. Even if like you're in a sad, sad mood, still you could throw on like some, uh, what is it, Louis Capaldi, listen to some of that music and, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're like... Your sad artist. Exactly. Just be like, ooh, this actually isn't all that bad. Um, personally, I would have to say I'm around the mentors. Uh, I normally always fade to the mentors. Uh, just because, you know, I feel like I kind of am one, but also because, you know, as we progress for our life and as we progress throughout our day, um, there's just so many different things to get thrown at you. And you always need to be able to look back on these people. Uh, so today, like Mr. Nusera texted me probably 15 times already today because I'm not in school and just like checking up on me. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, do you need help with your classes today? So different things like that, which it's like, whoo. Didn't even think of it. Like I had one student in my first period of class. I was like, ah, I have no idea what he is doing right now. So let me text Mr. Nusera real quick to make sure uh, that that one student is acting appropriately in the, in the gym as they're uh, participating. Uh, we're going to really get into the What Helps This campaign today. Uh, Edison, you want to explain basically what the What Helps This campaign is all about? Yes. So the What Helps This campaign, just generally, it's focusing on the main emotions that we feel in the time of stress, how to deal with them, how we can help others through them, and probably most importantly, how we help ourselves through them. Um, it focuses around anxiety, sadness, and anger, since those are the three emotions we generally feel in distress, like we're afraid that something's going wrong, we're sad that something happened, or we're mad about something that happened. So we're gonna have a lot of different sort of ways that we're exploring this, like the podcast right now, we're going to be doing some school events and hopefully we're going to have some other little artistic endeavors that represent how we feel and how we want others to hopefully feel about themselves. Absolutely. And I feel like last year too, before uh, COVID lockdown, uh, we actually got off our What Helps Us campaign. And obviously it was a little different than what we're doing this year, uh, but with the post-it note wall. And, you know, I feel like, especially in the beginning of uh, our sources year, which was like same time period, like February-ish, when we started this campaign, you know, you just kind of felt like the school kind of changed a little bit. 
you know, kids were like smiling a little bit more, you know, that was at the same time we had those little babies, the little like babies that were just popping up all over the place. Not to interrupt, but I actually know who started that. Oh, I know. I know exactly who started it as well. But at the same time, it was just one of those things that like, we people would see him and be like, "What the heck is this thing?" But all of a sudden, all the crap that was going on in the school day—the tests, the quizzes, anything like that—it was like, "Why the heck is there a little baby staring at me at the water fountain right now?" Oh no, they're not in my pocket. I remember I kept two that I found, and they're probably somewhere in my room. But they were once in my pocket, and they stayed in there for the entirety of the school COVID lockdown last year. Exactly, and it was just one of those stupid things that you know. I personally feel that sources had a huge role in just because like I remember vividly a week prior, we put up the post-it sticker wall or the post-it note wall right in the main lobby and they had little notes on them. And then all of a sudden I'm pretty sure sources of the strength advisor or leader, a student, you know, they were the ones who started this little baby thing all over the place. And it was just one of those things that, you know, I remember as the school like vibing with it. Yeah, I also remember there was one day when um, I think my brother and some of his friends had visited the school just to like hang out and we saw the wall and we were reading all the post-its and yeah, some of them were more comedic in tone. Like one of them was like, I have a really good chicken tikka masala recipe. And like, yeah, but that does that though. (laughs) That is a good thing to have, just a little thing that you can like focus on and just do to get your mind off of things or to share with other people. Mm-hmm. So even the more comedic and jokey answers still had like weight to them. And I feel like too, with a lot of them, uh, like even that comedic one, right? Like I'm good. I have a good chicken tikka or salad. Like you can now look at somebody that's a conversation starter. So now you're walking down the hallway and you have these random people that, you know, you see every day as you're passing them, but you never really had a conversation with them. You're, and you both look at it, make that awkward eye contact with each other. And you're like, do you even know what the heck that is? <laughs> or do you have a good <laughs> Is this you? And then all of a sudden, it's just one of those things that's like, it's not that awkward hello anymore. It's more, this is a fun little thing. Let's just start talking. It's like in a weird way, you're forced into a conversation, but it's not malicious. Exactly. It's a forced, a weird starter, conversation starter. That's not an awkward icebreaker that you get with your teacher in the beginning of every every school year. Not like, what do you struggle with in math class? (laughs) Yeah. You can teach them us all a recipe. Exactly. Maybe that's just how we start the school year from here on out. No more like weird icebreakers. Just ask kids what they're good at cooking at and just go from there. Just let, it, just let things fly. That's a really good idea, though. I genuinely like that. <laughs> You're going to have kids be like, uh, I'm good at making uh, boiling ice cubes. <laughs> hey, teach me your ways. I need to know how to boil ice cubes. Yes. Um, which is perfect, right? Because just as we kind of talked about uh, goofiness and uh, finding ways to make people or show people sources of strength, it kind of leads us into what we're going to do uh, for this year for the What Helps Us campaign, which is the pink flamingo idea. So personally, I had a huge stake in this. Uh, I, fought, I fought tooth and nail to make sure this idea uh, got passed and got through all the stages of uh, – approval but so basically what you're going to start saying around people is pink flamingos in the community we have eight beautiful top-notch plastic pink flamingos 
<laughs> Deluxe pink flamingos. Absolutely. They are the best pink flamingos that you will ever find ever. And what you're, what's going to happen is people are going to start putting these on driveways or in yards just for their mentors or for somebody who gives them strength. It could be a business. It could be uh, a friend. It could be a mentor. It could be an aunt, uncle, whoever gives you strength. And then all we want you to do is make sure you take a picture of that flamingo there, throw it up on Instagram, make sure you tag that person that gives you strength. You don't have to give us a reason. You can talk to that person individually if you would like to. But the big thing is we want to make sure you tag HB sources. We kind of want this to blow up. Um, and our Instagram, obviously at HB sources, if you tag us, we're going to repost it, retweet it, re whatever we can do with it to make sure that this blows up because it is one of those fun, goofy things that nobody is going to be like, like think about it back in the 1980s, pink flamingos were huge. Now you see a pink flamingo and you're like, they must've just got out of the DeLorean because what the heck are they doing right now? So now, you know, we have these pink flamingos that it's going to cause people to start talking a little bit. And that's all we want. We want people to talk. We want people to say, what's up with the pink flamingo? And that person said, oh, well, you know, someone put it on my lawn because they see me as a source of strength. They see me as that friend. They see me as a support system. You know, when they're feeling sad, when they're feeling down, when they're feeling anxious, they come and talk to me. And not that I make it better, but I just make it different. And that's the big thing. Because nine times out of 10, when you're talking to someone, you're not talking to them to make it better. Like, yeah, that's the ultimate goal, right? But at the same time, too, a lot of the times it's just a distraction because that's what you're looking for. You don't want to you don't want to continue thinking about what's making you feel sad, mad or anxious. You want to you want that difference. So you talk to that person that you love or that friend or that you go to work, whatever it may be. Or you listen to music in the hallways, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so that's that whole pink flamingo campaign. I am the happiest human being in the world that it started we got the email from uh dr velderman this morning saying that the pink flamingos are in and i am excited people so as you get this pink flamingo placed on your lawn be proud show it off take pictures instagram send all your snapchat friends i don't really whatever you know as hv sources we can't really see your snapchat but we can see your instagram so make sure you tag us on instagram that is what we want to see so we can repost it and, you know, kind of shout you out because that's what it's all about. You know, you deserve to be shouted out. You are someone's strength. So you deserve to be shouted out. And that's what we want to do. Um, but, which leads us perfectly into why we're doing it. Right. Edison, you want to talk about one of the big three emotions? Oh, absolutely. And I'll start it off with a bit of a comedic story. So it. last year, my sophomore year, we had just finished reading The Catcher in the Rye. And we were doing a mini unit on mental health essays and little research papers. You know, we made brochures about our assigned mental health topic. We were in groups of four. We did a group presentation. And the little story that I'm specifically calling back to this to say is my group. It was me and three of my friends. We were pretty lucky to be in a group. And our top choice was anxiety, the emotion we're talking about. So when our teacher was assigning the groups, she looks around, looks right at my grouping of four, says that I am the apparent leader and says Edison is anxiety <laughs> with no ill intent. Edison is anxiety. 
and that rings true right now because I'm talking about it, and also personally because, oh goodness, anxiety exists. Um, oh, yeah. So, yes, as an emotion or just as an experience, it, do, it, it does affect me in those times of distress, just sort of, it's the spiraling thoughts, really, that affect me. Like, something unexpected happens. Like, even, like, nothing serious. Like, maybe, like, one thing specifically, I remember around a year or two ago, before COVID, I heard that one of my cousins got, was getting married, and I didn't know. And I was just having these thoughts, like, okay, like, why do I know who he's getting married to? Why wasn't I told earlier? Am I really so out of the know? It doesn't even have to be something serious to have, like, those weird anxiety spirals about. It just happens. And then, of course, there's more serious instances that it happens for. Like, I remember a few weeks ago in one of my classes, we were listening to a song for Black History Month. And it was an acapella arrangement of a song. And the lower bass part, like the person who was singing it, just his voice gave me, I don't even know what they were flashbacks to, but they were flashbacks. Thankfully, I was at home, but I just, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I just took my words out for a second, breathed. And then I did one of my tried and true, at least to me, little like coping mechanisms. Like if I'm looking at the podcast room right now, like if I were to have a spiral, what I do is I look at very simple factual observations and use that to ground myself. Like there are four microphones in front of me. The walls are white. There's a whiteboard. There's two televisions. There's a fire alarm, two windows, three windows, and a door. Like I keep it to very simple numerical observations And then from there, I realize, okay, now this is what I know. And looking at what I was worried about, I haven't thought about it in a while since I've been so occupied with these numbers and these observations. So that personally really helps me just because, like Mr. Vina said, it's a distraction. But I guess going back to the distraction, it's a good distraction. Mm -hmm. So even if the goal isn't immediately to make things better and it's more so a distraction i would say that the distraction in and of itself makes things better and that's kind of the thing right like you you hit the nail right on the head with your coping mechanism right it, it's not necessarily a distraction it's a good distraction right because i feel like especially as a te- for teenagers uh you have so many opportunities to get kind of lost with these bad distractions you know whether it be vaping or smoking whether it be you know, choosing alcohol or whether being just like being a stupid teenager, making a bad decision, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. let me take these talkie chips and just walk out of the store, right? Like, I feel like there's so many different bad distractions that could happen, but you know, yours is fantastic. Let me look at the things that are factual here, right? Mm-hmm. I have a door. I have like 15 doors that are right behind me for some odd reason, <laughs> right? Whatever it may be. Uh, but that's kind of like the biggest thing is finding that good distraction to make you not really think about it for the yeah. moment. <clears throat> I know, especially for like, I can speak for, you know, a little bit older, not a lot older uh, population. You know, I'm only in my mid 20s. So uh, I feel like I can still connect to students a little bit more than some teachers just because I'm still in the know. I understand what TikTok is. I understand what Snapchat is. I might 
have a Snapchat, but I definitely don't have a TikTok. So I don't completely understand everything. But at the same time, I can work with social media. So there is, there is a little bit of stuff that I, you know, I feel like I'm in the know about. But I know for a fact there are teachers that struggle when it comes to technology. And, you know, back in March, we were kind of just thrown into the fire. Everybody was, right? It was, we're coming up on almost a full year in what, like two weeks, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, two weeks in a day, exactly. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Like we've been working daily on a laptop or on a Chromebook for the last 351 days. Let's, get, let's say 55 or 50 days. So 350 days, we've been working on a laptop probably every single day. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, we, and that's the thing. Like, we were kind of just thrown into this technology. Like you said, when you, I had you as a sophomore, how many yeah. times did you open up your Chromebook in my class? Granted, um, phys ed wellness, it's a little bit different. But still, yeah. even in health, how many times did you open up your Chromebook? Like when – like health this year or last year this year or last year last year when we were when you and i were together pre-covid like, was all in person exactly so. so you never opened up your chromebook once maybe maybe once or twice to kind of work on a on, on a quiz review yeah so then, like as teachers we were kind of just thrown into this because you know do we love teaching with technology absolutely not it's so much better to kind of have that face-to-face, like I'm able to help you, that person-to-person interaction, you know, person-to-camera-to-person, it stinks. And it's just one of those things that as teachers, I know personally, I get super anxious. Right when COVID hit March 13th, I was like, all right, well, you know, if I'm going to record myself doing a workout for my students, you know, I have to do it in this area because if I do it in this area, you know, then they see too much of my personal life. And I'm like, do I want them to be able to see all of that when I can just go over here? But now if I go over here, like all of a sudden I was thinking about things that I've never, ever had to think about. And I know for a fact, every teacher did it. And in the very beginning, we all said like, oh, you know what? It'll be two weeks, right? That was the thing. Ah, we'll be back. We'll be back before April. And then we were like, ah, you know what? Let's do it before. We'll come back after spring break. We'll let it die down a little bit. And then all of a sudden it turned into like, oh, maybe the rest of April, maybe like after Easter-ish. And then it turned into, hey, we'll see you next school year. And we were like, oh, time out. Wait a minute. What are we doing here, people? Like, especially for those who were seniors and now freshmen in college, like they had their year like stolen from them. Exactly. Like, I know because my sister was a senior that year and she just like all of the things that seniors were supposed to be promised were just kind of taken. The rites of passage, right? Prom, uh, yeah. senior trip. I don't even know if we do see like a grand senior trip, but I know some schools out there do like, a, like do some, I think here. Yeah. Like grand senior trips and grand like graduation parties. That's one of those things that like you never even think about who cares about a graduation party. But at the same time, like it's really your last time to say, see you later to your friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's just one of those things like this whole COVID situation with technology and losing these things. Like as a teacher, I had two senior classes last year and I didn't get to say goodbye to my students. And that stinks, right? Like you guys are all like, uh, the other teachers don't really like us, whatever. Like, no, like we have connections with you for a reason because we do want to see you succeed in this life. And as you walk across that stage, 
I want to give you a high five. I want to give you a fist bump and say, hey, great job. Now go do something great. Go make a hundred million dollars. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, go live your life and be as wealthy and as successful as you could possibly be. And it's just one of those things that like, I know no teacher or some, only really some teachers were able to say that. It's one of those things. It's like, how do we cope with that? How do we deal with that? Right. And I know a lot, like there's a bunch of different things that we can do. Exercise, breathing techniques, journaling, and teachers do everything. And I'm sure students do it as well. Yeah. Right. Two things specifically that I want to get into before we might want to wrap up eventually is it's <coughs> everyone was like getting into like baking and like writing and journaling during the first lockdown. And I was writing before that and my pace actually slowed when the lockdown started. Like I just, I didn't have the energy to put everything I wanted to say into the proper format. Yeah. I did end up writing eventually, but it was mainly really tangential, really stream of consciousness, like pieces of poetry that like, I'm only going to keep to myself as like a chronicle. Another thing I wanted to touch on is sort of a more grand conversation that might get touched on later down the line, but I don't know. But I was recently thinking about the concept of trauma, not on like a case by case, but in like a general societal basis. And the way I'm seeing it is it's sort of the conditioning that something abnormal is actually normal, like living in a pandemic. So I think that right now what we are going through like not just to the people who are essential workers, like the nurses and grocery store check clerks or whatever to everyone, this is going to affect everyone because the way I see it, we're going to be having these fears of what if, what if this happens again? And yes, that'll prepare us, but I think it'll prepare us too much Yeah. to the point where we're making steps in light of a possibility as opposed to reality. And that's the thing. Like right now, if you ever watch the news, which, you know, I hate watching just because you only hear about death and dismay. You never hear about anything good really on the news anymore. But uh, the big thing is like now people are starting to talk about, well, when will we be able to live again? Yeah. But it's like, hey, you can live. You just have to live with these restrictions. Like there's no reason for you not to be doing the things you want to do. Like I feel like beyond that like yeah you shouldn't only take in negative things but it's important to learn about it so you can stay aware but i understand when it comes to be too much and you just need a break like i remember i needed a break for like the entirety of the summer partially because of all the things that were happening in society and partially just because of personal reasons like i just needed excuse me to just step back and just relax absolutely (laughs) Summer could not have come quick enough last year. I could definitely say that. Cannot come quick enough this year. <laughs> exactly. Let's get outside again. Let's take our mask off and, you know, just kind of... Preferably distanced. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, this has been episode two of the Sources of Strength podcast. Tune in next week where we'll be discussing the next segment of the What Helps Us movement, which is anger. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at HVSources. If you want to listen to any of other episodes or any other student digital content, you can find it at www.hvspn.com. Until then, see you next time. <laughs>